whose door would you knock on at midnight if a friend showed up at your house unexpected and you had nothing to offer? Or, to contemporize Jesus' analogy, whom would you call at 2 o'clock in the morning if your husband fell and you needed help getting him back into bed? Whom would you call to come and watch your children if one of your children was sick and needed to be taken to the hospital? Whom would you call in the middle of the night if you needed to be bailed out of jail? Actually, it's pretty hard for me to imagine a circumstance in which I'd call anyone at 2 o'clock in the morning to ask them for a favor, and I'm pretty sure that's Jesus' point. Back then, the roads were dangerous after dark. As a rule, people didn't travel at night. It's almost unthinkable then that someone would come and knock upon your door unexpectedly at midnight. But Jesus seems to be asking us to imagine in that most unlikely of circumstances who it is that we would bother in the middle of the night if we needed to borrow three loaves of bread so that we could avoid the embarrassment of not having anything to give our guests. Whoever it is, you'd better be sure that that person would say yes. The urgency of the request requires an affirmative response. You can't afford to knock on a second door, not only because your guest is waiting for you, but also because you can't afford for everyone in the neighborhood to know you've been knocking on doors at the middle of the night looking for bread. If you were to wake someone up in the middle of the night and ask that person for a favor and she were to say no, what would happen to your friendship with that person? You wouldn't have asked if you weren't desperate Surely she would recognize your desperation, so when you knock, whoever it is that you bother, you know that person will say yes. In other words, in this ridiculous scenario that Jesus invites us to imagine, whoever it is whose door we knock upon, there really isn't any way that person is going to say no. That is what Jesus teaches us when he teaches us how to pray. He teaches us what it means to trust that whenever we go to God, God will always say yes. That's not because God is a wish granter. It's because God is our Father. Luke tells us that Jesus had been praying in a certain place. And that when he had finished, one of his disciples asked, Lord, would you teach us how to pray the way that John taught his disciples? The words that followed are as familiar to us as they are bare. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we are forgiving everyone indebted to us. Do not bring us to the time of trial. 
The first thing Jesus teaches us is to call God Father. Everything else in the prayer flows from that. Now, for some of us, the word Father is laden with frustration and disappointment and hurt. But for all of us, every single one of us, no matter how exemplary or disappointing our paternal role model has been, the father that Jesus has in mind exceeds not only our experience of an earthly father, but even our greatest hope and our highest expectation. In the prayer that Jesus taught us, what matters is not that we can imagine God in a way that is analogous to our earthly parents. What matters is that we can approach God as if God were as near and familiar to us as the one who raised us. For as long as there have been children, there have been parents whose children have asked to borrow the car, to borrow $20, to borrow a jacket. Like a child who pulls on her mother's skirt and looks up with arms stretched out asking only for a hug, Jesus invites us to approach God as if God were the one whose yes was even more loving and even more certain than the most loving father or mother on earth. The rest of the prayer that Jesus teaches us hinges upon that parental understanding. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us what we need. Forgive us as we forgive others. Keep us from the moment of test. What a strange prayer. Daily bread, kingdom come. Who prays those words? Those words are the truest prayer of the one who is a true child of God. For if we are bold enough to call God Father, that has implications not only for who God is, but for who we are as God's beloved children. In the prayer that Jesus taught us, as Rowan Williams wrote, when we pray that prayer, we put ourselves in Jesus' place. Just as Jesus' relationship with God becomes our relationship with God, so too are Jesus' words our words and his hopes our hopes. Like a child who has inherited a physical feature or a mannerism from a parent, we reflect in our lives and in our hopes and in our dreams the fact that we belong to God as God's children. Every time we say, Our Father, the practice of rehearsing that relationship in prayer shapes us and draws us ever more deeply into the divine presence aligning our heart's desire with the desire of the very heart of God. In time, that simple prayer that Jesus has taught us and the practice of praying it over and over again changes what we want into what God wants, leaving us content with daily provision and reconciled relationships and a submission to God's will. That hasn't always been the case, of course. Just as a child's disappointment opening a Christmas present to find clothes inside <laughs> evolves into an adult's delight to find the very same gift, 
so too does our delight in God and God's will evolve over a lifetime as we discover how to pray more faithfully, more confidently to God as our Father. We pray those words, our Father, until those words are true in our hearts and in our minds, until our deepest desire is God's deepest desire. In the end, therefore, God grants us not only what we need, but what we want. In a reciprocal desire that Jesus calls the Holy Spirit. When Jesus teaches us to pray, he teaches us the same thing that he always teaches us, to believe and know and depend on God's unwavering love. The Lord's Prayer, therefore, is an exercise in faith, a statement of what we believe and what we hope to believe. Jesus invites us to call God Father because in Jesus Christ, the incarnate Son of God, Jesus brings us inseparably to God and brings God to us. We pray that prayer that Jesus taught us not because the words are magical, but because there is power in approaching God with trust in our hearts that God is our Father, our Mother, our eternally loving parent. That trust, that faith, has the power to shape us into the children who are bold enough to claim to belong to God, the children of God that Jesus has taught us we are. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>